the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon. Believe you can, and you're halfway there. Teddy Roosevelt, by the way. The only person you are destined to become is the person you decide to be. The question isn't who is going to let me. The question is who is going to stop me. And one of my favorites from Mother Teresa, spread love everywhere you go. Let no one ever come to you without leaving happier. (laughs) Ain't that the greatest? Anyway, um... You know, if if you want any of the material that we have on this show, uh, you go to WHK's webpage, go to local podcast down to Smart Investor Show, and there we can, you know, uh, first of all, if you look at the web, if you go, you can go directly to my webpage from there, and if you look at the webpage, there's some good stuff. There's uh, there's the bulletin board, and under the bulletin board, Rob Schleimer's uh, you know roadmap is there. Also under the Insight banner, uh, they have two new pieces. Almost every week. Last week they had two great pieces. This week they have a couple more. And you can also ask for the dividend growth portfolio, the prime income list, uh, our ADR list, our top ideas. Uh, they're all there. Um, if you'd like to have an appointment with me, just uh, hit the contact me or email me. Uh, you know, like I said before, we can do a wealth plan. And what I like about wealth plan, our wealth plan, is it's interactive. As your life changes, we change. If you want to. If you want to test the situation, I had a gentleman last week who wants to give 50000 bucks to each one of his kids, and he wanted to see how it affected his retirement. What's he doing? He's giving a down payment for a house is what it comes down to. And he wants to see, hey, can I afford it? <laughs> and what we can do is give you a probability. Yes, you can. No, you can't. All right? In this particular case, you could. All right? So we can do those type of things. And uh, you have, might have to come into my office, but that's that's what's the key. But if you're a prospective client and you've thought about you know doing business with me for any period of time, you can do a wealth plan without being a, becoming a client, uh, and then see how it works. I'll just suggest that. In the meantime, um, you know we're in kind of a, a very emotional time in the stock market. Uh, you know, Friday we had the Silicon Valley Bank. Stop trading. Now, that's going to affect a lot of technology stocks and a lot of biotechnology stocks because what they do is a lot of these people have stock with them, all right? They borrow against their stock. Also, a lot of the companies that haven't come public yet, this is going to affect a lot of wealthy people because they've been giving Silicon Valley their their, uh, stock, okay, which isn't public yet. And that's one of the reasons Silicon Valley, you know, they, they don't have the liquid assets. And what's happening 
is a lot of these regional banks are having problems because their bond portfolio got killed. All right. And they got to mark this thing to the market. And that's a problem. All right. So if you have, you know, there's a lot of rush of putting out CDs out there and some of them are going above the market. So you should be able to take advantage of that. And, but they need money. All right. Because their bond portfolio got killed. And remember, bonds were down 16, 17% last year. They were only a percentage point above the S&P 500, all right, which, you know, had a bad year. So for all those people who put their money in bonds, you know, for safety, they got whacked. And banks are one of them. So uh, it, it's, a, it's a problem. But I think when there is situations like this, you know, Sir John Templeton, the legendary mutual fund manager, who was a pioneer of international investing, by the way, he lived a very quiet paradise in the Bahamas. The reason he was in the Bahamas is he wanted to escape the noise of Wall Street. This is a guy, the day after the crash, bought as many stocks as he could, a thousand shares of as many stocks as he could, under $5. And the Dow Jones. He made a fortune on those stocks, by the way. Uh, and he didn't do it on margin, all right? He's, he's lost as much as 10 to 15% in a single day, so he, he knows stress. And he intentionally read the Wall Street Journal two days later, all right? So how could economics not be behavioral, Charlie Munger once said. It isn't behavioral. What the heck is it? He used another word, all right? So Joel Greenbrett, uh, who founded a small hedge fund called Gotham Capital in 1985, whose average of 40% return for the next 20 years, he had an outstanding rate of success, and he points to events. Events happen, and you can't anticipate them. Investing is about the quality of your thoughts, not solely the hours-crunching numbers, all right? What he talked about was using these big mistakes in positions or the situations that occur, like the Silicon Valley Bank Corp, as opportunities. All right, so Bill Miller, who was a legendary investor, probably the only guy ever to beat the S&P 500 for 15 consecutive years, you know, a lot of his personal portfolio consists of Amazon and Bitcoin. And people bail exactly the dumbest point at exactly the moment when they should be buying your funds because they get clobbered, what Miller said. So people are selling their mutual fund when they should be buying. That's why mutual fund investors only average a 5% return and the mutual funds usually average 9 to 10. Uh, you know, the contrarian viewpoint is very, very important. And Warren Buffett always said that uncertainty isn't, is your friend. And, he, you know, this guy has nerves of steel and he, he has compounded returns at an average rate of around 20%. Uh, so he's, he's very good at what he does. And he has made his best purchases, he said, when apprehensions about some macro event were at a peak. Fear is the foe of the fattest, but the friend of the fundamentalist, as he says. Okay? So why am I saying all this? Because we're in one of those positions again. And when everybody's running for the exit, your stomach is turning. You should pay attention. Leave your emotions at the door. Check them at the door. Okay. 
This is a live show, folks. If you have a question, the number here is 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0945. Now, look, we had a low-quality rally in January. These are typical when they come out of a recession, and they tend to last for a little over a year. Now, one of the other things we've noticed is that the correlations have been falling across most major sectors. Um, this has come up many times uh, with Lori Cal- Calvacine, our head strategist, and who she talks to. And there's questions, and, and they've been highlighting data charts that show the correlation between the S&P 500 and the Russell and how healthcare has been a low relative sector uh, in both the indices. Uh, several clients have asked how the longer-term trends look at the sector level, and yet we're, we're seeing no correlations. So it's very difficult to figure out who the leadership is, all right? Uh, the growth trade got crowded in early, in early February, uh, and now it's turned expensive. But we do have Jason on the line. Jason, how are you? Hi, Tim. How you doing? No complaints. What's new? Hey, um, I wanted to just get your get your thoughts on something. And I, I don't know. I'm not saying this is gonna gonna happen in the next year or or two, but I think it's coming. With the Fed raising the interest rates, which I, I understand they have to do to kill the inflation, I, I think we've gotten to a point. I mean, we're we're getting closer to the point where we're not going to be able to service the interest on the debt. I think our our GDP is um, roughly one and a half trillion. I think. The, the amount of um, interest on the debt is about five five hundred billion, as and that was that was at rates that were historically low, I mean, <laughs> below one percent. My understanding, when I've looked at some some data, it says if we hit six percent interest rates and we stay there for any period of time, you're going to start to see that's the break even point where if you go above that, you won't be able to service the interest on the debt. And I want to know, do you think there's going to be a dishonest default? Um, meaning they go to a new digital currency, they wipe out the debt from the foreign bondholders. The people here that are considered wealthy depositors start getting, you know, sixty cents on the dollar, um, and 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 basically they they keep the, the the masses pacified that have nothing. They wipe out their debt. Um, they have no savings anyway. Do you, do you, and they move them to the digital. What do you, what do you think the likelihood of that is, and what, what's the time frame on it? Uh. You know, I don't think there'd be a member of Congress that would get reelected if that happened, by the way. Um, but, you know, uh, look, there's all sorts of ways to look at the world. And by the way, they've been talking about this for about 40 years now. <laughs> all right. Since I've been okay. in the business and, and even when I was studying economics in college, uh, they've been talking about the debt situation. So it, it is it continuing to grow? Yes, it's continuing to grow. But, you know, I think Warren Buffett had a good point in, in that if you're going to be optimistic, you just say you can't get reelected unless we balance the budget. They balance the budget tomorrow. OK, so the, the question is, you know, how bad does it get? Oh, no, uh, it could get bad. But, you know, I don't look at the uh, there's a lot of people look at the negative stuff in the world. I'm realistic. OK, I'm, I, I'm the guy that said cash would outperform the stock market back in 2007 and 8. So I'm realistic, but the doomsday approach to me uh, doesn't make any sense because I, I think America is smart enough to know that, uh, know that, that there's some people within 
a certain party that I don't think are too bright. But uh, I think most of the people in America are starting to understand that this is a problem. Okay. I hope you're uh, right. Tim. Whether they, whether they do anything right. about it, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I know there's a proposal now to raise the debt ceiling. That there's a group in Congress that want to tie it to you have to work if you get Medicaid. You have to have some type of uh, you know big spending cuts. But I'm not hearing anybody say that's a good idea. That somebody was in the, uh, holding up a piece of paper during one of the hearings, and they said this is the amount of of, the, of people in America that have called me or wrote me and said I want to do something about the the debt. And he held the blank piece of paper, both front and back. He goes, "You see this? Not one single person." So. I hope you're right. I hope Amer- the people are smart, getting uh, going to get smart. But I'm fearful um, they're not going to wake up until it's too late. So that, that's all I had to say. I, I wish you a good weekend. All righty. Have a great day. See ya. you. You know, uh, J- Jason has taken a very uh, an, you know negative position, and I understand it. You know, I, I get it. Uh, you can't. I, I can't run my portfolio that way. I I do have an ear for the downside. Uh, and I've said it many times on this show. You know, I'm the guy. Uh, <laughs> when we started this show way, way back, back back when, I said to get out of technology and healthcare. I even said it from 175 people live. I thought they're going to hang me by my toes from the yardarm. So I'm not afraid to be negative, all right, uh, or realistic. So we'll just leave it at that. But anyway, uh, who? Oh, uh, we have Greg. Greg, how are you? Hello, Tim. It's a pleasure to speak to you. I've listened to you for a long time. I've talked to you briefly a couple times. I wanted to just get your opinion on uh, three stocks, just brief opinions. Uh, Visa has been frustrating, uh, SoFi, and uh, Occidental Petroleum. If you could just give me uh, just whatever you could say about them. You know, um, I really can't say a whole lot about them. Okay, uh, individual stocks are—that's uh, a no-no. All right, I, I will say that um, you know, SoFi is a speculation, but they got smart people working with them. Uh, Oxy, you know, you just had Warren Buffett buy a whole bunch more stock. He's—he's uh, he's not a dummy, and uh, you know, Visa is a high-quality company. Now, look, I think you got to understand the financials are getting beat up because uh, Silvergate blew up. I mean, so we had. To, you know, Silvergate was a a uh, a cryptocurrency. Remember, I I said back in uh, November that currency was the lowest form of life on a relative strength basis. Well, currency, you know, if you have stock that isn't public yet, that's a currency. It just blew up at at uh, a Silicon Valley Bank Corp. Bitcoin is blowing up slowly but surely. Okay, FTX blew up now. Silvergate blew up. I mean, they just quit trading. So the financials are getting beat up. So you got to remember, ETFs don't care. You know, if you sell your ETF and it's got Visa in it and some other financials, Visa gets hit too. Okay, so th- that's why Visa's getting hit. Probably, uh, I don't think there's a problem there. Sophie just hasn't made the earnings, and Occidental. I mean, Warren Buffett owns it. He's a pretty smart guy. I don't know if he's running that part of the portfolio, but he's a pretty smart guy. So. Those are my opinions. I can I can give you technical opinions, uh, but you know, uh, if you want reports, give me a call. Very helpful, Tim. <laughs> that was very okay. helpful. I appreciate your program. I think you're uh, I think you're a stand up guy. So thank you very much. I appreciate it, Greg. Have a great day. All right. 
You too. Um, so anyway, you know, we had this, by the way, Tom Porcelli, who's been right uh, as, as rain uh, on the mark uh, on the economy, said that we would probably look for plus 300,000 in the job market this time. And we got it. The difference is, and now this is why the bond market rallied. Okay. The bond market rallied, I mean, a quarter percentage point, 25 basis points on the 10 year treasury. That's a huge move. We also made a lower high. That's a big time move. Uh, but he said we'd probably look for 300,000. However, there were several things within that that you should know. Number one, the participation rate increased drastically. And the, the hourly wage went down 4%. That's very uninflation-like, okay? If, they, if the people that are sitting on the sidelines start to come back to work, and maybe that's because of interest rates, Things are going to get real interesting because there's, I mean, the real unemployment rate is probably like 16%. Okay, so it, it, things could get really interesting going forward. Uh, now, we had a test of the S&P 500. It held until some of the banks started, you know, Silvergate blew up on Wednesday, Thursday, uh, I mean, uh, fr- Friday, uh, uh, Silicon Valley stopped trading. Silicon Valley was a 500 plus stock in August. It's zero. It's zero. So if you're wondering about this currency thing, it's been Bitcoin and private stock, all right? And that's going to affect the biotech world and the technology world for a while. So just remember that. I thought it was kind of interesting, you know, uh, Powell was talking up a 50 basis point thing, as most people said, but we'll find out. We had a falling VIX up until, you know, uh, Powell talked. And we also had a very hot inflation rate. So things are getting interesting here, uh, uh, you know, but the bond market's telling us, the bond market's telling us something. We'll find out. Hey, let's take a break and we'll be right back. Once again, you know, if you have a question, it's 216-901-0945. Stay tuned. A long time ago when the earth was green. And there was more kinds of animals than you've ever seen. The straight-talking, hard-working, do-it-right plumbers at Wyatt Works will unclog your drain for only $93. Or it's free. What's the catch? There's never a catch with Wyatt Works. I'd rather starve than do business that way. We really will break up your clog and get your water flowing again for $93. Plus, we'll send a camera down the line so you can see exactly what you're dealing Most with. Most of the time, clog busting's all you need. Wallacadoodle. Back to your regularly scheduled life with a 12-month no-backup guarantee. If your drain line needs more, we'll explain all the options, including flexible payments and guaranteed estimates. And on the off chance clog busting can't get your drain flowing, our service call is free. You'll still get upfront pricing on solutions to your problem, but with no initial service fee. That's on us. Either we deliver on our promised clog busting, or it's free. So don't put up with half solutions or slow or clogged drains. Call why it works and consider it done. License number 30185. Charlie Kirk wants the Biden administration to show up. There's a train derailment. Deadly chemicals are flowing into the air uninterrupted. Yet the leaders are saying repeatedly it's perfectly safe. If Joe Biden actually believed that, if Pete Buttigieg actually believed that, I would love both of them to go for a couple hours, go get a sandwich, and show us 
how safe it actually is. The Charlie Kirk Show, weekdays at noon, right before Dennis Prager at 1 on AM 1420. The answer. And Odyssey. At RBC Wealth Management, we are proud of our reputation for putting clients' interests first. Our steadfast commitment to helping clients achieve their financial goals includes giving back to the communities we serve. Through supporting youth education, human services, and the arts, we hope to make tomorrow better for everyone. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. Okay, we just tuned in. This is Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. And... uh... You know, I was just looking uh, at a couple things. Number one, you know, I talk about the wealth plan all the time. And, and uh, don't forget, you know, Dane Topich uh, works with us from Dunbar Bender. And I have a client who, who's a doctor who has another business on the side. Uh, he, he designed a new product is what it comes down to. And what we're doing is we're looking at his business right now. And we're giving him an estimate of what's really worth because there's some venture people and some uh private equity people that want to buy the company. And I think they're, they're low-balling He has a pretty, I mean, it's a very interesting product, and, it, and it's got huge growth potential. And I think they're, you know, so we're, we're getting him basically a, uh, uh, a, a quote on his uh, uh, company. And we're also looking at his, the way his 401k is set up and his retirement plan and seeing if we could put away more money. And it looks like it's going to be about 30000 bucks. So, you know, if you if you own a company and you need either one of those, those services, you can probably put more money away. And when you grow your money without the government touching it, it grows faster. <laughs> it's that simple. Uh, and then if you know if you can get a better deal for your company, there we go. So I also highly recommend our all cap growth. Remember, I've been talking um, a little bit about uh, you know the barbell portfolio strategy growth and value okay so you have to have a little bit of both at this time you know value was kicking rear end last year you know value wasn't down i mean there's a lot of value funds marshfield was up six and a half percent you know uh i i know of a couple of value funds that were flat to up plus three percent so values outperformed growth pretty drastically uh considering growth's down like 35 that's the nasdaq composite we'll call it so, you know, you need that portfolio to be side by side. And I think people uh, forget about that sometimes. Now, I've had a lot of questions about China. And China's reopening is kind of reality check. And I, to, to, you know, first of all, there's been some strong mobility rebound in China. If you look at, you know, uh, just the ridership in the major cities on, on the, you know, rapid transit and the metro and that type of thing. and Everybody's worried about another surge in COVID. Uh, our people are saying we don't see that coming up. But there is a surge in, in travel inquiries uh, with the Chinese government. So I think there's going to be a lot of people coming this way or, or looking around to, to ghost places. So, um, And one of the things is consumption is down there. I think it's going to be tied to income expectations going forward. So we'll see what happens because uh, a lot of people are, are not working. They're not allowed to, you know, you, you got to understand China, when they tell you to stay in, you stay in. <laughs> it's that simple. All right. Uh, but the other thing uh, our 
you know, we, we have a ADR list and uh, the guy that runs it is an Englishman and he knows what he's talking about. And he said he thinks this might be a turning point for UK uh, um, uh, equities. And the reason is because of this Northern Ireland thing, uh, you know, in the Brexit trade. So we'll keep keep our uh, uh, our eyes open on that. Now, one of the other things I think uh, is, look, what you've been hearing is the sound when hawks cry. Okay. And there's a lot of hawks out there. You know, Jerry Powell has been probably the Jerome, whatever he goes by, uh, has been the biggest hawk. And, and there's been a couple people within the Federal Reserve that are talking about it. Now, if you look at the Taylor rule implied, um, you, you know, and you look at the Fed funds rate, you know, you have larger swings, which tend to make better policy. But you know, the Fed has one job, and that's to emphasize rate hikes and tighter policy. But when you have banks blow up, and, you know, Silicon Valley Bank was a good bank, okay? What they did, they w- they allowed a lot of people in that had private companies. And, you know, when the Fed starts raising rates like this, people don't come public, okay? Just don't. There's only I think we had like 28 companies that I know of went public last year. So, but their currency is there private stock? And with Silicon Valley breaking, blowing up, there's going to be a lot of people not being able to buy things that they wanted to buy. <laughs> Trust me on that. So the people in the biotech area and the technology area that are out in Silicon Valley are going to have a bit of a hard time. So that's something you have to pay uh, uh, attention to, I think. So uh, will it affect the biotech stocks that are public? I don't know. Maybe some people have to sell some of their, you know, directors will have to sell some of their stock in that because they won't be able to sell their private stock. You know, there'll be a lot of, I think this is going to have a a wide ranging effect on the market. And I would suggest that no matter what the, (laughs) uh, the Federal Reserve says, this is a crack. Okay. Now we've had two cracks. We had, you know, FTX cracking. That was a crack. Now we've had another crack. Uh, I hope they're paying attention. Let's just put it this way. But look, if you look at S&P 500 growth, total return versus value, uh, it's one standard deviation. Well, it's about half a standard deviation above what it was. So growth over the last 10 years has outperformed value. Now, if I look at growth forward PE, it's one standard deviation below. Okay. So these are things that you got to pay pretty close attention to, I think, in my, my humble opinion. Now, Look, I, I look at the market, and uh, a couple things have happened this week. First of all, we're at the downtrend line for the S&P 500. The daily momentum is oversold and starting to turn up, which is interesting. Um, after Friday and Thursday, uh, the weekly is still overbought, but not by much, though. So it'll be interesting to see how this all works out and and where we go from here. But uh, I think the daily is what I'd pay attention to. I will say this, that interest rates, the 10-year treasury has now made a lower high. And in a demand supply situation, uh, you know, when Silicon Valley Bank blows up, people are running to bonds. They're running to the safety of the 10-year treasury. Uh, which, by the way, that kind of answers your question a little bit, Jason, in the fact that people still think it's good. And believe me, 
the bond guys, there's, there's no insider, such thing as insider information with bonds, all right? That's, so if they're running to the, you know, they're buying bonds and the yields are coming down hard, that's interesting. The dollar got beat up a little bit on Thursday and Friday, so that's really interesting. But you know what's held up on a relative performance basis? The semiconductor indexes. Both of them that I, I follow have held up very, very well. Now, they've pulled back, and, and they'll probably go be wishy-washy for a while, but we have seen them, uh, you know, uh, rally. Now, I'm going to go back to the long view, okay? And this is what, you, this is what you know, John Templeton and Warren Buffett, you know, what I was speaking of earlier, Joel Greenblatt, have all talked about, you know, in the long run, we're still in a secular bull market. This is different because of the, the aggressiveness of the Fed. Now, will we break down? And believe me, I, I've, I went out and said to sell every, you know, when everybody was buying technology and healthcare and biotechs and all those, I said to sell them at a meeting. I stood in front of 175 people. People thought I was nuts, you know. I was, I was so nuts that the next two years were just painful if you stayed with them. All right, so... Look, I still think we're in this current 16 to 18 year secular cycle. Remember, the money's still out there, folks. It's going to bonds right now. And they'll be great for a while. But when they lower rates, they lower the short term rates. Remember, that's where everybody's buying, okay? But we know these cycles last 16 to, to 18 years, and we probably still have at least 10 left. So we could be looking at 13,500 to 14,000 if we just went up 200% from the low in 2009 because I, that's the way I looked at all the other cyclical bull, secular bull markets I'm sorry from the low in 1929 to the high in 1970 was 2300% and the, from the low in the 70s to the high in 2000 was 2300%. There's still a long way to go, okay? We're coming close to the end of this four-year cycle. Remember, people, I'm not the only one that looks at this stuff, okay? There's, there's all sorts of technicians. There's all sorts of fundamental people that know about this four-year cycle. It'll, they'll start to look ahead, all right? And it's probably be the second or third quarter where people start to, to buy up, all right? And remember what we talked about, the, the, the four-month over the 13-month moving average, the momentum is the most oversold. I've seen it in 20 years. Let's take a break. If you have a question, the, num the uh, number here is 216-901-0945. Uno, dos, one, two, tres, cuatro. The straight talking, hard working, do it right plumbers at Wyatt Works will unclog your drain for only $93. Or it's free. What's the catch? There's never a catch with Wyatt Works. I'd rather starve than do business that way. We really will break up your clog and get your water flowing again for $93. Plus, we'll send a camera down the line so you can see exactly what you're dealing Most with. Most of the time, clog busting's all you need. Walla doodle. 
back to your regularly scheduled life with a 12-month no-backup guarantee. If your drain line needs more, we'll explain all the options, including flexible payments and guaranteed estimates. And on the off chance clog-busting can't get your drain flowing, our service call is free. You'll still get upfront pricing on solutions to your problem, but with no initial service fee. That's on us. Either we deliver on our promised clog-busting, or it's free. So don't put up with half solutions or slow or clogged drains. Call Why It Works and consider it done. License number 30185. Ohio Roads and Bridges connect us to things we need and enjoy. It takes a lot of hard work and money to keep roads in good shape. Today, most of that money comes from Ohio's gas tax. As Ohioans drive more fuel-efficient and electric vehicles, people are buying less gas. That's great for our environment, but it means less money for road and bridge maintenance. Ohio is conducting a study to find a new and more sustainable way to fund the maintenance of our roads and bridges. To learn more and to provide input, visit ohioroadfunding.com. Sponsored by the Ohio Department of Transportation and aired in cooperation with the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. When it comes to managing your retirement, it's easy to get lost. Look to RBC Wealth Management to guide you. Our experienced, knowledgeable financial advisors will build your investment strategy by designing a plan that's tailored to your unique financial needs. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Visit rbcwealthmanagement.com. Banjo music for the afternoon. You know, I just got a call, uh, I mean, an email from Larry. And Larry said, you know, what do you think about floating rate bonds? And I've been saying for about nine months now that they're the top on a relative strength basis in the uh, interest rate group or, you know, the bond group, we'll call them. And, you know, look, uh, one of the things I look at is fund scores from our friends at Dorsey Wright, who provide us, by the way, with the uh, bullish percent every week, um, the keepers of the bullish percent, shall we say. And the floating rate score, the float, that's F-L-O-T, which is, you know, a floating rate note for ETF, uh, has a fund score of 4.28. And remember, whenever you get over three, that's good. Whenever you get over 3.5, that's really good. And I think that'll probably stay that way for a while. Uh, you know, the, I did notice Friday that we had a big pullback in the FLOT because, you know, interest rates came down hard. So uh, you just got to keep that in the back of your mind. So the bullish per kid came in Thursday at 53. It came in, it came in on Friday at 41.7. <laughs> I'd say Friday was a bad day. Uh, but we do have John online. John, how are you? Hey, Tim, how's it going? No complaints. Hey, well, you know, the market was terrible. But, you know, I was going to ask you, like, I was watching, like, the XBI, you know, the biotech uh, ETF, and it was just, it got absolutely murdered, which led me to think, like, oh, man, there's not much speculative. And maybe it's the uh, the Silicon Valley Bank that people think that speculative startups and everything else are going to get hit. Uh, and, um, and I saw, like, the Russell's gotten crushed last week. And, I mean, obviously the whole market was bad, but... I noticed that like the put call ratio was at like at the end of the day for ETFs was like I think one point seven, which is like really I thought like very high, which is as a contrary indicator. I mean, do you think that like is it our is this the Silicon Valley Bank is it a contagion or do you think that that our people is this is the market oversold is 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 the fear overblown in some ways? You know, obviously it's hard to know, but I mean, it seems like uh, that it's oversold. In a massive well, way. Well, the, the so bullish percent, 
you know, I always look at the bullish percent, okay? And the bullish percent finished this week at 41, okay? Last week, uh, Thursday, it was 53. At the close of Wednesday, I should say, it was at 53. So it was down 12 in two days. So I would suggest that's a, uh, I call it, uh, it's still in bull correction status, okay? We'll call it that. But I think the key is, is that it's not a 30, not below 30. So until it turns up, we, we're, you know, you're on the defensive, all right? It's simple as that. Uh, I will say that what the problem is, is with the speed of what the, the Federal Reserve has raised interest rates, there's a lot of regional banks that have these fixed income portfolios, and they're getting killed. You know, they're getting killed. I know. I saw the regional, the K- KRE was absolutely destroyed the last two days. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so the problem is they are now illiquid. You, you, know, you, you can't sell the bond and take a 20% hit. All right. You know, that's not what banks are for. So they yeah. have to hold them to maturity. And the big question mark, you know, to answer your question, which I don't have an answer for, unfortunately, John, is that you have to have, you have to know what the makeup of those portfolios are. So this is the second crack. Okay. This is what's causing, you know, FTX was caused by the, the Fed raising rates. Speculation blew up the Bitcoin market, blew it at FTX. This is the second crack. And the question is, is it a small crack, you know, or is it the San Andreas fault? (laughs) And no one knows. You know, I I saw the Fed funds rate. It was, you know, it was brought. I don't know if you you saw. I'm sure you did. But didn't it go up to like 75 to 80 percent chance of raising a 50 basis points? Do you think I mean, you know, you you can't can't speculate, but do you think the Fed can actually after the Silicon Valley Bank can they raise? Fifty. I mean, are they? You know, how how close would you think, based on your historical experience, are they just saying we're going way too fast? And we're seeing this this destruction in what the seventeenth biggest bank. Well, look, uh, it was seventy percent chance on Wednesday. On Friday, it was a forty-two percent chance. So now the, the you know the the put to call ratio has I've never seen it over one point three eight, and I've seen it in in thirty years of doing this. Okay. And I've seen it five times over 150. Uh, and, you know, yeah. right right after the holidays, it was 2.2. Now, I remember you know, I asked the option. Yeah, the option desk said that was a, you know, a fig, you know, something happened. I can't remember what. And he says more like 1.95. I said, I've never seen 1.95. So somewhere yeah. along here, we're, we're going to hit a bottom. But bottoms are messy. Okay. And, and it's especially messy when you have the chairman of the Federal Reserve. I think. I mean, some people say he's done a great job. I don't know. Uh, he, he's he's uh, he's blowing. He's going to blow the place up. But I think it was Jason earlier said, "Hey, you know, what if the interest rates go to six percent? Well, they ain't going to let them. No, <laughs> the Federal Reserve is not going to let them. So that, that's why I'm not as worried about it. They'll crush the economy before they they let let the government go out of business. So yeah." You know, interesting, anecdotally, I went to buy a car with my wife uh, and the dealer, a guy that's one of their big salesmen, he said he only sold two cars in January, that the, the rates are just killing these buyers of cars and homes. Good time to buy a car. I mean, you think, what's that? Good time to buy a car. But do you think that, um, do you think that they're, uh, I mean, is the Fed, pay, I mean, I don't even, I, I try to watch the Fed. I watch Powell's testimony both days. And I follow the Fed and what what they're saying. And I just, 
it seems like so out of touch with like because there you know there's always the rates are forward looking the the. Uh, well, you got, you got to understand it, it's not it's not the Fed. It's Washington went crazy. You know when Schumer and Pelosi got together, they they spent all their money. So you know yeah. the the problem I I see is our kids you know, are, are all going to be in the fifty percent bracket. All right. Hey, I'm going to get yeah. going, John. Okay. All right. Thanks, thanks a lot, Tim. I really appreciate it. All right. Have a great day. Anyway, so uh, the too. bullish percent went went to forty one, and it went from fifty three at the close Wednesday to forty one Friday. And the over-the-counter index went from 38 down to 27. So the over-the-counter index is getting at a good good position. Uh, you know, all sector value still has a three percent or, or a, a three rating, a little bit above a three rating. I think that's positive. Uh, so we'll see what happens. The Russell almost broke a double top and then reversed back down, but the mid cap seemed to be holding up better than anything, believe it or not. But we basic materials are still number one. Financials are number two, even with the blow up there. Uh, you know, financials and banks, it, it's, you know, when you look at financials and you look at the ETFs that we're looking at, only 30% of them are banks. So uh, we'll see if that, that changes this week. You know, this came out late Wednesday. Okay, so we'll see what happens if the financials are still there Friday or next week. Industrials came in third, and they they held up pretty well. And consumer non-cyclical staples had held up pretty well. Energy got beat up. Matter of fact, um, oil broke down on a, a point and figure chart. So one that's interesting is healthcare because healthcare a lot of people have been talking about, and it's it's not it's losing a couple votes a week. Uh, so I think you, you still still get a problem with that. Uh, now one of the things I I seen is as far as asset classes, value stocks have been consistent. You know they still have uh, you know a rating over three and a half, or three it's like three and a half right at this point three and a half is kind of a key uh, scenario. So if you look at the value funds, you st- that's where you want to stay. I think for now, fixed income the ten year Treasury index reversed down hard on Friday. I mean it was down twenty five basis points. So uh, you know the two year hit five. So. Here we have the two-year hitting a, a new high on yield, and the ten-year getting crumbled. Uh, you know th- that's the biggest gap I've ever seen in the two to ten spread. So we'll see see what happens going forward. Uh, it's it's going to get interesting, I think. Um, but I also think, you know, like I said, I said last week, and I'll say it again: the best investment you'll make is when your stomach's churning. Okay, and you won't know it for about six months, maybe eight months, maybe a year. But I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Bottoms are messy, and it's a currency that's going to be a problem. So what's the currencies that we're seeing get blown up? Well, Bitcoin was 63000 It's now nineteen two or something like that. And all the private, the private stock, Silicon Valley, was the company where you went to negotiate a loan. Private stock's no longer any good. So we'll be, that's a lot of money. All those guys in Silicon Valley now are what, you know, by the way, there's going to be, it's a banker's heaven. If you know anybody that did business with Silicon Valley, give them my number because <laughs> we'll help them. But the point is, there's going to be a period of disruption and you got to remember that. So oil bro- broke down. I, I haven't seen too much in the commodity area. You know, oil uh, looks like it. I mean, a gold looks like there's going to be a trade coming up here. Uh, I think it's a trade. I don't think it's an investment, so we'll just leave it at that. Um, but I, I go back to 
Well, you know, if you look at stuff, uh, the the consolidation that occurred in February started with a wipeout in March. And, you know, March is usually a really good month. It's not the first two weeks, but it's the last two weeks of the month. So it'll be interesting to see how far we go from here. I, I don't know. But the, the dollar hit resistance levels and pulled back. We made a lower high in the 10-year yield. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in the background that nobody's talking about. And, you know, commodities have tended to be quite range-bound. Uh, I think, you know, the the chart on the S&P 500 is still bullish. Uh, but, you know, we had an uptrend line. We started an uptrend, and we broke that line this week. So we're going back to test the downtrend. That's usually a tricky situation. I, I think there's some key positives, though. We're still trending up from last October. That's good. The The weekly momentum is not – it's over overbought, but it's not terribly overbought. The daily is definitely oversold. So, And technology's rebound has helped the sector and – uh, joined the broad rally, which is really important. And Treasury yields and the dollar looked like they were going to peak, and they peaked. You know, we talked about that last week. Now, if you look at the cycle stuff, the, you know, if you look at cycle, there's an upward bias going forward. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if if the momentum holds here, okay, um, going forward. Because uh, I know a lot of people are thinking that, hey, you know, we we've, we've had a we're, we're just about to rally. The ten year uptrend 10-year yield uptrend line was broken okay this is the yield now and it broke hard so we'll find out what goes from here but uh it, you know it looks like to me that uh we just hit a lower high on the 10-year yield and we've probably that that 425 that i said last week would probably hold as the high held <laughs> all right so uh, just keep that in mind and uh uh we'll go forward uh well, let's take a break and we'll come back and we'll talk about insiders. All right. So uh, it's 216-901-0945. We'll be back. Try to amend my carnivorous habits. Made an early seven at eight. Losing weight without speed, eating sunflower seeds. Drinking lots of carrot juice and soaking up. Stations in this city that aren't like any others. One gives you the real news and issues and honest analysis from some of the best talkers in America. The other gives you music and entertainment that's safe for the whole family. Something you and your kids can actually listen to together. Oh yeah, we're different, all right. For real news and information, turn to AM 1420, The Answer. And for entertainment, safe for the whole family, turn to 95.5, The Fish. Because different is good. Charlie Kirk has seen this script flip. The very same language, tactics, security state operations that they used against al-Qaeda, Saddam Hussein, and the Taliban, Patriot Act, NSA, FISA courts, they're using all that permanent infrastructure to go after American conservatives. The playbook is just 20 years old, just been totally flipped now in American conservatives. The Charlie Kirk Show, weekdays at noon, right before Dennis Prager at 1 on AM 1420. The Answer. And Odyssey. Wouldn't it be nice to keep income rolling in even long after you retire? At RBC Wealth Management, we can help you invest for the future that you want and create a personalized plan to help you create the steadfast flow of income you'll need throughout your retirement. 
Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. Talk through uh, Dan Boy. <laughs> uh, but by the way, you got to set your uh, you got to spring ahead this uh, this weekend. So you know tonight you uh, lose an hour of sleep. This sounds like a good idea. Um, what they uh, they had a picture of an Indian, and he said, you know, only the white man would look at a would cut a a blanket in half and sew it the other direction and think they changed something. <laughs> Anyway, um, so now we're talking about insiders, and what we want to look at is massive insider buys, okay? Now, here's an interesting one. Uh, by the way, just so you know, insiders know more than you and I, all right? They just do. And I also, I, 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 I think they're early, usually. Now, sometimes they're right on time. And here's Bob Dugan. Now, you may recall way back when I recommended a stock called PharmaCycles when I could recommend stocks, and Bob Dugan was buying it. That stock went from $2 and got acquired at two sixty dollars by AbbVie, and you got half cash and half AbbVie stock, and AbbVie was $36 then. I think it's 150 now, and it has about an 8% dividend yield from where you bought it. Not a bad. Mr. Dugan has had some rough times along with all the other biotech stocks. Uh, biotech guys, and he used a rights offering to buy another $395 million worth of Summit Therapeutics. Now, this stock was much higher, it's now $1.49, and his right-hand man, which is uh, Ma Ken Zagana, has bought, uh, he bought $16.7 million worth and then came back and bought another $7.9 million worth two days later. Now, I like when stocks are down and the insiders buy more, okay? So I'll leave it at that. Whether it's a rights offering or not, he still bought it. He put his money where his mouth is. Now, this guy made a lot of money on U.S. Surgical, okay? He sold his company to U.S. Surgical. He's made a lot of money in the stock market since then. And here's an interesting one. Um, James DeFranco uh, bought a, a big chunk of dish now dish was a 16 dollars stock it's now a 10 dollars stock and at 1084 he bought 15.7 million dollars worth i think you should look into james's uh, background he's a pretty smart guy and then uh revolution medical which was a 32 dollars stock a month ago is now a 27 uh, 20 dollars and 76 cents and at 22 uh tilo schroeder bought 12.1 million dollars worth he's a director and uh also, uh, a shell company, and this is a, uh, uh, a SPAC, a special acquisition company. Uh, we had a gentleman buy uh, Pono Capital Two, bought $6.7 million worth. You know what? I forgot. Uh, James DeFranco bought Dish twice last week and then bought, uh, so he bought another $1.7 million on the same day he bought uh, the $15 million. But he also bought another $5.4 million last week. All right. So he's buying quite a bit of it. I, I just want to make sure. And our friend Tilo at 
Uh, Revolution Medical also bought twice last week. He bought another two point uh, uh, two million dollars worth on the tenth. So that's pretty interesting. And uh, also, we had Grocery Outlet, which was a thirty-two dollar stock, is now a twenty-six dollar stock. Uh, a director bought a uh, two million dollars worth. And Cassava Sciences, we had another uh, insider buy about one point nine million. They they're down ten bucks. And then we had a couple other ones. This is uh, Essential Utilities, which was a sixty or fifty dollars stock just a month ago. We had one of the direct, uh, the chief executive officers, step up to the plate and buy uh, one point five million. And then uh, Keurig Dr Pepper, which uh, was thirty nine dollars a month ago, is now thirty two. The CFO, I love when CFOs buy. I love when the money man buys. Uh, he bought one point three million. And then our buddy Phil Frost at uh, Opco, uh, who's but he bought more stock than I, I think he has 200 million shares. He bought another 1.1 million dollars worth. Okay, so and we had a couple other guys. Uh, the guy from Dollar Tree, which got hammered, it was 155, now 140. Uh, we had the chief executive officer buy a million dollars worth of stock, and also Southside or South uh, South State Corporation, which is a bank, by the way, uh, I took this little fiasco that went on with uh, Silicon Valley. And he stepped up to the plate and bought a million dollars worth of his own stock. He's a director over there. And then we had uh, Jim Price, who's a very smart man. Uh, Montrose Environmental, which is waste management, uh, got beat up on their earnings. And he stepped up and bought a million dollars worth. And I think, uh, I can't remember who it was that asked me about SoFi. I I don't think it was Jason. I can't remember. Anyway, uh, Anthony Noto. Bought a million dollars with the stock, and you may recall he's from Goldman Sachs and a smart guy. Uh, SLR Investment, we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine insider buys uh, between a half a million, I mean, a quarter million and a half a million dollars. So a lot of people uh, participating there. And uh, we also had iHeartRadio. We had two buyers, the chairman. And a guy named Richard Bresler, if you don't know who he is, you, sh- you should. Uh, he bought a, They each bought a half million dollars worth of stock, which uh, puts him in the category of a pretty large buy. Uh, somebody asked me, um, I, I mentioned Oranea last year, last week. Uh, Oranea, I've traded the stock several times. The insiders bought a lot of uh, stock via stock options. and But we also had uh, a director, George Milney, buy uh, $175. I think they bought like 640,000 shares of stock via, I haven't seen them sell it yet. So we'll see how long they own it. Um, And that's about it. So where do we go from here? All right. Uh, Look, I I think um, the S&P decline has, it's almost 100% of the move. Uh, And we're getting really close to some important support areas. So we'll see what happens. But the, with the long-term Treasury yields that have really shown uh, evidence of their momentum, and it was waning last week, as I said, and it gave it up this week. So uh, lower highs, uh, when, you, when you're in a demand-supply situation and you make a lower high, so supply comes in at a lower level, that's usually not good. And what you've seen with bonds, the actual bond, is the supply, I mean, the demand has come in at a higher level. So that's a positive. So bonds seem to be uh, firming up a little bit. Um, look, I've never seen everybody so hawkish in the Fed. 
never seen it. It's uber hawkishness, I will call it. Uh, and I think, you know, what we, we saw Friday is, hey, guys, you know, you better be careful because you're starting to blow up the things, okay? FTX costs people a lot of money. I think Silicon Valley Bank Corps, you know, although the deposits are, are, you know, guaranteed, what about the private stock? Is that guaranteed? I don't think so. What about the loan against it? Is that guaranteed? I don't know. So there could be some things that go on here. But this is where I think that they have to pay attention. You know, this is where, you know, the Fed is being hawkish, hawkish, hawkish. And then now they're saying, oops. <laughs> you know, so don't get too bearish. Remember, when your stomach's turning, is the best time to invest. That's why I brought up the emotions in the first part of the show. Okay. Uh, keep it, keep it simple. Look for dividend growth, high quality dividend growth and prime income stocks. And if you'd like to list, you know, you go to WHK 1420, uh, go to local podcast down to the, to the smart investor show. I can take you directly with a link to my webpage. And, uh, you know, I can't tell you, you know, wealth plans in situations like this, this is when you wish you had a wealth plan. You know, am I going to make it? Do I have enough money? If I live till I'm 90, do I have enough money? All right. If I give my kids money, do I have enough money in a situation like this? All right. That's, that's what I like about the wealth plan. It's as your life changes, we can just sit in front of my computer and say, okay, boom, 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 boom. Let's go to playground. Let's see what happens if we do this. Bingo. And you, you can tell, hey, you know, I'm going to make it or I'm not going to make it. No, hey, look, I, I <laughs> there's a former uh, athlete, and uh, he's he's retired. He he left Cleveland and went to Denver. I still do business with him occasionally. Uh, and he wanted to buy a Rolls Royce when he first came on. And I said, don't do that. He did it anyway. He's doing okay. Anyway, the wealth plan is available to even prospective clients. And don't forget, uh, if you own a company, we can probably help you put put away a little bit more money or we can help you sell it, okay? In the meantime, the dividend growth portfolio and the prime income list are perfect for where we are right now. And don't forget to buy low and sell high. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll free, 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or visit his website, rbcwmfa.com slash Tim Hayes. That's all one word in the address bar, rbcwfma.com slash Tim Hayes. Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more smart investing from Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.